You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. No idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Normally we would end our time um, uh, with the gospel. Um, and we are going to start today with it. Uh, the good news is, is that just as the song says that we're waiting for Jesus to come, and the reason that's good news is because that he first came um, as a baby, fully God. He came down and became man, and he lived a perfect life, yeah. and he um, then suffered and died on our behalf, and he was buried, but then he rose again, and now he is in heaven waiting to come back, and he invites us to get to know him, to find love, his love. Um, and so before we, we go into our message and the rest of our service, we just ask if you are, we're presenting this to you, if you want to know Jesus, um, we're going to have a time to pray. And, um, yeah, you can talk to someone about how to know him and how to begin following him and waiting for him. Um, because we want to do this. We want to share this with our neighborhood. We want to share this with our city. And we do want to share this with the world beyond. Um, and specifically today we're going to be talking about uh, the Middle East um, in Muslim-dominated areas of the world. Uh, we have uh, Lara Wilson, who is over um, in a Muslim country right now. Um, and so when, when we celebrate our life lunch later... Um, we're going to enjoy a lot of foods from that region. Um, so, yeah, uh, Chris is going to come and pray. He's going to share a little bit about um, what Laura has been doing and an update on her, and then he's going to pray for us. Good morning. Good. Um, so, yeah, I was just asked to give the update on Laura um, and what's going on over there. Um, if you were around last summer, you maybe got to know her a little bit. Um, since she's she's been uh, over there this last fall, um, took a took a break um, over the holidays and was in Germany. Got to spend some time with her brother um, and some close family friends. Um, but now, excuse me, has um, has gone back um, and is is there. Um, and actually, this week was the first time the entire team was there together. Um, the family who she went to replace for a short time, um, who's on maternity leave, um, long-term doctors, um, the whole the whole bunch was all together. Um, so that was a good a good thing. Um, if you don't know much about what she's doing, she's there on, on medical missions um, and is working kind of with a rehab program for kids with um, disabilities and special needs, um, physical disabilities. Um, the culture there is not uh, friendly to those children. Um, they see them as a nuisance. Doctors tell families that they should hide those kids. Um, so this is a really good chance for for this team and Laura specifically to to go there and, and show these families that we do care about your kids. This this is important, um, and we want to help them physically. Um, and so it's it's a good good way for them to to share the love of Christ um, with those people. Um, 
again, it is it is a Muslim country. Um, even in correspondence, things like that, have to be careful with, with the words we use um, and things like that. Um, so they can't be completely open about uh, doing this in the name of Jesus, um, but they can show it. They can... They can be the hands. They can be the feet. They can they can touch and, and do. Um, so that's that's cool to be able to see see and hear about them doing that there. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few a few of the things she had asked um, to kind of update on and pray for would be the children in this rehab program um, that that would continue. Um, she's kind of been the only one doing a lot of things in this kind of transition period. Um, so just that that would be able to continue. That there would be. Um, short-term, long-term people who would step in and be able to kind of continue that mission there. Um, some team, the team dynamic, now that everybody's back together, um, different personalities, different things like that. Um, so just kind of working through some of those issues and things. Um, and praying against attack. Um, so very, very attacked there um, individually as a team. Um, Folks in the country, um, just slower pace of everything. Um, they they don't function like we do, so they don't always uh, they aren't expecting results to happen quickly, um, and things like that. So that can be an obstacle sometimes, especially in building relationships with people and coming to that point of, of sharing the gospel and sharing Jesus. Um, so as a missionary, we sometimes here think, hey, we share the gospel and someone responds and it happens in, in a day um, or over a shorter amount of time where it's there. This is, this is the long haul. This is months and years and years of pouring into folks, into communities um, to, see, um, to see that work kind of come to fruition. Um, other things to pray for. Um, if you didn't know, she they kind of she has nailed down a time of when she is coming back. When she left, it wasn't exactly certain um, what that would look like, based on the on the, the family that she was there to to fill in for. Um, they are back, and so now there's going to be this time of overlap, and she looks to be um, back in the states um, sometime uh, early March. Um, so they is coming sooner. Um, so. Uh, travel, logistics, all of those kinds of things, um, but also um, just in for for her integrating back into our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, she did mention even when she was in Germany, it's it's very different. Um, and in Germany, she could kind of filter some of that where it was, hey, I can't understand everything and I'm not completely involved, whereas here it's probably going to be very, very overwhelming. Um, different way of life, different lots of things, um, different focuses, all of that. So um, pray for her there, and then just the continued work um, that she's going to do here and the continued work for, for the team. So, um, yeah, if we, we have more questions, things like that, we can always talk after service, life, lunch, all of that. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just going to take some time to pray to pray for them and what they're doing um, and then for, for the children of Life Church as well. So would you pray with me? Lord, we come to you this morning um, to give you thanks. Um, God, you are faithful and you are good. Um, God, you you are near to us and, and you care about you care about the little things, the big things um, that are going on in, in our lives and the lives of others, um, every person around this world. God, you you are big enough to care um, about about all of those things. And 
we just come to you this morning and, and specifically want to lift up um, Laura and the team there in Saharan Africa. God, that, that you would continue to uh, just be near to them, um, and revealing yourself to them. Spirit, be at work in that team um, as they work through some team dynamic things and um, that you would make them stronger together, that there wouldn't be uh, these little things that get in the way and that try to pull them apart. Um, we pray against that, and, and Lord, would you just draw them together so that they can be effective um, in, in doing your work there um, and being the hands and feet to the people of this country and, and specifically this, the town that their clinic is in, God. Um, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the ways that you've been faithful and, then, and that there have been, um, been victories and been, been changed already. Um, we just continue to lift those people up. We just pray that, that you would continue to use this medical team uh, specifically to show people that, that they care, but ultimately to point them to you, God, that you care, that you, that you value us, um, that you love us, that you care about us, that we, that we aren't just something to be pushed aside and hidden, um, God, but that you care deeply for us. You are a good father. God, we just pray that that all the folks that you've that you draw to this country and this region, God, um, would would be committed, God, for the long haul, and knowing that it that it that this is going to take a while, and that they wouldn't be discouraged, um, but that you would strengthen them, you would give them boldness and courage to go and 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 to be your hands and feet and to speak your truth. Um, God, we just lift up Laura as as she continues to be there for for a time, um, that you would. Uh, use her well, that you would um, just continue to use her, God, in, in whatever way you, you know that she she is willing to be used by you, and um, we just thank you for, for her passion for these people, her heart for these folks, and, and we just pray that, that as she's making arrangements to come back home and what that looks like, um, that you would just help all of that go well, um, that you'd give yeah. her, continue to give her peace about, about returning, Mm-hmm. And that that her family and us as a, as a, her church family, we would um, do well and be wise in how we welcome her back. Um, that we would uh, be be cautious, be caring, um, and ultimately just be loving um, and welcoming her back with open arms. And um, so, Lord, we just we just lift lift that mission team, Laura, um, and that region up to you this morning. We pray that that even though it is hard, um, that you that you desire those people, God, that you desire them to know Jesus, to know the gospel. Um, and we just pray for continued avenues to do that. Um, Lord, we just lift up the kids in Life Church today. Um, we just we thank you for them. Um, and we pray that, that we would value them, um, that we would never want to, to hide them or push them away, but, but that we would, we would act like you to Jesus and, um, and, and see the value in them. Um, we thank you for them. We thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives, Lord. Um, we just pray that you'd continue to, to reveal yourself to them um, and that, that, that we would see you through them as well. Um, God, we love you and we praise you. Um, we thank you for, for the ways that you, you look out for us, the way that you show us grace and mercy and love. Um, and we just praise you and, and pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've got five minutes. <laughs> All right, let's get into God's word. We're going to, I'm going to read from John 13, 1 through 15. Jesus wa- washes the disciples' feet. 
Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Amen. Thank you, Wade. Okay, let's just jump right into this message today that is about serving. It's about service or to serve. And um, this continues our series on spiritual disciplines. And the whole goal of spiritual disciplines, obviously, if you look behind me, is to draw us near to God. So serving isn't something that we're bringing to the table to talk about just so that you have something to do or that you feel that there's this perfunctory kind of thing that, that you should be doing in the kingdom of God. Because uh, the kingdom of God isn't just about doing, but ultimately what we do is to draw us near to the Lord, for us to develop our relationship with the Lord, to have intimacy with Him. And so there is a great need to serve. And uh, there are some of you that you actually have what we would call a gift to serve. Uh, all of us are called to serve. Some of you have this amazing, unique kind of wiring about you uh, that says that you are one of those people that has the gift. Like, it, it is at work in you. Like, it screams at you. It calls to you. You see something that needs to be done, and, uh, and you just, you, you've got to do that, all right? It's a very motivational kind of gift, all right? So I want to talk to everyone about serving and about serving in, in the context of making it a spiritual discipline in your life. In other words, there are times where you are going to serve, that you're going to set up for your life opportunities and you're going to follow through and serve. You may not feel that this is your gift. However, it's a place we need to land. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says there that as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 
So each of you has some kind of gift or gifting in you. And God's intent is that you use that gift as it is for its purposes, but that you do that to serve one another. Not only are we to serve one another, but if we look at the whole of Scripture, we are to serve the world. We are to bring the gospel to the entire world. So we serve the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's something that we are all called to do. Now, if you, if you think about this gift, this gifting that some people have, let me just take you through a, a few thoughts about that. If you're a server, if you're someone who has this gift, uh, this spiritual gift to serve, all right, um, something goes on inside of you all the time. It's a, it, this really is a very motivational kind of drive that happens. And the intent of it is that you are constantly demonstrating the love of God by meeting practical needs. You're one of those people, you just, you just love to express yourself in working and doing tangible kinds of things for God, all right? Um, you're not the person that's going to want to stand up and explain a teaching of Scripture. Uh, you're not the person who's going to want to lead the life group, so to speak, all right? You're that person who loves a task. You're somebody who just, you're just looking, what can I do? And, and most of the time, you like a short-term kind of, of work, something that you can just do and you can get it done. Um, and that fulfills you. That really, like, trips your trigger, so to speak. So projects in the church, you love them, all right? I'll tell you, you can tell who a lot of the servers are in Life Church if you think back to the people who came when we were remodeling. They loved those tasks, and they loved starting something and ending something, all right? Those people have that, that gift, if you would. Uh, and they would rather uh, carry out some kind of responsibility like that themselves than to stand up and try to delegate something out to somebody else. If you've got the gift to serve, a lot of times you just want to do it, all right? You don't really want to take the time to kind of gather a group around you and say, hey, let's all start doing this and let's see who can do what and I'll, I'm going to assign this job to you or this job to you. Those are more leadership gifts and leadership qualities, okay? You just want to take a job, you just want to run with it, and when you're done, you want to be done. And then you want to look back on it and make sure you did it right. And a lot of times, those of you who have the gift to serve, you have a little bit of a tendency to be a perfectionist. You want to do things right. This is your deal. All right? This is the, the, you, your name, your reputation is all lying on this particular project. And so you're going to do it. And here's the other thing about you. You're a finisher. You, you don't want to leave it open-ended. You don't like those things where you don't give closure to them. All right? That's why you're not the, the best evangelist. You know? you got to go out there and sow the seed and then water and then uh, harvest. And sometimes that takes a, a period of time. You just want to get something done. So you're the workhorse in the church, all right? And you love it. You know, you just absolutely love that, all right? So you, you, there may be ten of you, but you're all one-man armies, you know? And you just, you just want to do it. And you like order. You like all your stuff around so you can get your job done. You can take care of it. You like things put back where they belong. You like to know that you can go get what you need and it's right where it's supposed to be. So every tool has a place and, and it's in its place. And you like that. You feel, you feel good about that, all right? Now, sometimes there's also some weaknesses that come along with you who have this gift, all right? And, and that is that 
you are often tempted to be overcommitted. You, sometimes you say yes a little bit before you need to, all right? And so you're doing a little bit more than what you're really capable of in that particular time frame. And so you get crunched or you get overcommitted in some way, all right? And, and sometimes you can get very frustrated with time limitations and, 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 and crunch time when it, when it, when it hits hard because you want to finish it well and you want to finish it right. But you also get a little frustrated with people who don't pull their weight and, and they're, they're not really helping. They're just hanging out and being social or they're wanting to do something else or they want to just pray and, and, and be spiritual. And so you're really the Martha, not the Mary kind of person, all right? And listen, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, all right? We have both in the body. There are Marthas and there are Marys. There are work, workhorses and, and, and leaders and there's all other kinds of giftings that are, that are going on. But you and I need to understand that beyond those people who have those unique gifts and they just jump in there and do that, all of us are called to serve. All of us are called in, in some capacity to be servants and, and to serve. And so those are the people that, that I want to talk to today, all right? I want to talk to you about taking a, a segment of your life and that you actually discipline yourself. You begin to, to establish some habits that allow you to serve. So that as you have been given a gift, you are going to employ it or use it to serve others in the body and outside of the body. Bernard of Clairvaux, he said these words. He said, learn the lesson that if you are to do the work of a prophet... What you need is not a scepter, but a hoe. And we need to understand that there is a way to serve that not only benefits the kingdom of God, but it benefits you and I. We learn and we grow as we are serving because serving is doing a work in our hearts to make us more like Jesus, all right? So with that, let's look back at this passage in John chapter 13 and let's understand what Jesus is saying here to the disciples. He's saying, you call me teacher, you call me Lord. And that's right. That's that's who I am. That's what I am. And he says, now I as a Lord, I as a teacher, I've washed your feet. Now you wash the feet of one another. In other words, Jesus is being an example here of of not using his authority that is rightly given to him to laud over anyone or manipulate anyone or use anyone, but rather he's saying, hey, because of the position I have been given in the body, I am going to serve and I'm going to serve you first. And so he washes the feet of the disciples. And this is a, an amazing passage of how we see servant leadership uh, being exampled in the body of Christ. And so with that, I want to talk to you just a few minutes about what it means to serve or to be a servant. So let's define it a little bit, all right? What, how would you define service or serving as a spiritual discipline? Well, I, I would first say that serving involves doing things that that I would not normally do 
in the, in the service of others, all right? Uh, and so I'm doing things for someone else that I wouldn't normally do for them, and I'm doing it when I would normally serve myself. So I'm taking time out of the world of me, and I'm giving time to the world of others. And I'm doing that because of Jesus, all right? I'm not doing it for an impure or wrong motive, so I'm not doing it to get something, all right? I'm not trying to manipulate that person or coerce that person. I'm just giving because I realize that I can meet that need in that person's life and I can serve them in some way or some capacity. And I'm not, I don't have an expectation or I'm not putting an expectation on that particular person that they respond back in some way. I, I would say that we would define a, a spiritual discipline of serving or service as the, the, the spiritual gift of helps working through us, all right? Oftentimes, and we can learn from others. Here's how I learned to serve. I watch really good servant-hearted people. I, I look at them and I watch how they function and how they relate to others. And here's what I've learned about people who serve and serve well, is they always have a listening ear. They're always listening for that opportunity or that moment where there is a need in some capacity and they are able to meet that need in some way. And um, I remember Barb and I, uh, our family, we, we lived with a couple here in Sioux Falls for uh, several years uh, and the husband had MS and he was in a wheelchair and his wife was his primary caregiver. She took care of him all the time. Uh, and he couldn't, he couldn't function outside of the wheelchair. And so she had to, to clean him and bathe him, uh, dress him, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, carry him, you know, out in the wheelchair to the van, load him up in the van, take him to church, all, you know, just constantly working and giving. But one of the things that I admired about this couple, and, uh, and the husband was just as adamant, if, if not more so, than, than the wife, and, and she was very much willing to, to follow uh, his, his lead in this, but they would oftentimes be helping someone else. Now, if there was anyone in the body of Christ that I would say, these two people don't need to be helping someone else, other people need to be helping them, it would be this couple because of the circumstance and the situation that they're in. Yet, they were constantly reaching out and helping, uh, caring for other people, uh, meeting other people's needs, paying other people's bills, just doing all kinds of things. Um, and and I, I mentioned it one day, just, just in the living room, I just said, I just said you know, you guys, you guys just do so much. You just give so much. It amazes me. It convicts me. Um, and this wife said to me, she goes, it's just a matter of listening. Listening to God and listening to the circumstances around us. And that's what she did. She, she pulled on her ear. She goes, we just listen. And it, we hear things and then we ask God, is that us? Is that us? Is that us? Meaning, are we the ones to answer that particular need in that person's life? And so, yeah, they probably had the gift of serving, but yet their circumstances were so intense and so huge that they could have easily justified not reaching out beyond themselves, and yet they were adamant to do so and to give and to contribute into the body of Christ. And I think this is what we have to do. We have to be at a place where we are prepared to help others as a means of ministry, 
All right? As God calling us into ministry. And this may involve you doing other things besides just helping an individual. It may mean you getting on board with a, a social justice cause and really working hard at trying to help free up uh, a, a culture of people, if you will. I think one of the most amazing groups of people I'm seeing right now, and, and, and I'm, I'm getting to hear a bit about it because some people are speaking to some of us pastors here in the city right now, and that is in the area of sex trafficking and how real it is right here in, in South Dakota, all right? And so we, we are looking at how does the church respond in these kinds of situations and these kinds of circumstances. And the way the church is going to be able to respond is for some of you to come along beside some of these victims of sex trafficking and be able to walk with them and bring them through a process of healing and recovery along the way. And that is a way of serving that particular individual or serving a cause of the Lord Jesus Christ within our community. I think all of us have some level of spiritual gifts or giftings. And what we've got to do is we've got to find out what is the appropriate means for you and I to exercise our particular gift to be a blessing to others. And that's what 1 Peter 4.10 is saying. You've each received a gift. All right. There's something within you that God has divinely placed in you to help you. All right. So you're not coming at this as an empty vessel. All right. You're not coming at this in some kind of deficit. The key is that you're doing those things that are appropriate to the gifting and the equipping that you have in your life. There are some of you that are gifted to sing, play musical instruments, all right? Charity would love to visit with you, all right? You are people who can be a part of a praise team. Charity does not want to see me. She doesn't want to talk to me. She doesn't want to hear me, especially sing. All right, because I can't. All right, I, I know that. So it's not, there's no reason for me to beg Charity to put me on the worship team. And there's every reason for Charity to beg me to not to ask her to be on the worship team. But we understand, all right, that that is not my gifting. That is not a talent that I have. I've not been equipped in that, in that place. And so what I'm asking you is, is not just to be servant-hearted, not just to develop a heart to serve, but understand your giftings, understand your abilities, and then respond out of what God has already put inside of you. And we define this spiritual discipline as that of doing for others what they cannot do for themselves as an act of obedience and worship as we are advancing the kingdom of God. This is your reasonable act of worship. So that's what the Bible says. Present yourself a living sacrifice. In other words, die to yourself. Sacrifice to yourself. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable act of worship. It's not something extraordinary. All right? This is just the reasonable expectation of God is that you will be a person who will in some way, in some capacity, serve others, all right? So that's kind of how we define spiritual discipline. Everyone serves. Not everyone has the gift of serving, all right? But everyone serves. Uh, it, it's, and we're serving out of our strengths, all right? Everyone shares the gospel. Not everyone has the gift to be an evangelist. But everyone has the privilege and the ability to share the story of Christ with someone else. All right? And so we're all doing this 
together. So then, the next question, as we stay with our, our theme through this series, is why? All right? If, if that's how we define the spiritual discipline of serving, why would you incorporate serving or service as a discipline in your life? What is the value? What is the reason for you and I doing that? Well, we do these things because it's important to God in the Old Testament and it's important to Jesus in in the New Testament because God and His Son championed the rights and the needs of the weak and the disenfranchised. And we are to model that. We're to live out that same example in the life that we're living today right here where we are, where God is placing us and where God may take us. All right, so you serve here in the local church. You serve here in the community in various ways. You serve when you go on short-term missions trips. You go if, if, if you do long-term missions. Uh, you serve where God has placed you. It may be on the campus at USF or Augie. It, it may be in a job, in a, in a career. It may be uh, in a relationship with a neighbor. It may be with a total stranger. But God calls you and I to serve. And so we do this because it's important to God, all right? We also do it because it's a way for you and I to get past what I would say are very normal, selfish ways. (laughs) A very normal, selfish nature that we have. And it allows us to identify with Jesus, all right? It allows us to identify with that side of Jesus that we see here in John chapter 13 and we see uh, in other places as well, such as Philippians. It's being the hands and the feet of Jesus. When we serve, we are Jesus with skin on. All right? It's not you, it's not me, but it's Christ through us. This is what Paul, I think, part of what Paul at least means when he, he says... I live, yet I'm dead, but I still live. But it's not me that's living anymore now. It's Christ living through me. And so the power that is at work in the Apostle Paul is not his own. It's not his own strength. It's not his own will even. But it is the work of God through him. It's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And this is why I I encourage you, just be Filled with the Spirit of God. Do those things that allow you to be open, to draw near to God. Get in the Word, all right? Worship, pray, fast, seek God so that He can begin to speak things to you. Not only about what you do, but who you are. Because I'm going to tell you something. Who you believe you are will determine the decisions that you make and the things that you do in your life. And you and I need to see ourselves as the servants of the Most High God. We need to see ourselves as a a people that God wants to use and that God intends to use and that we can be His feet and we can be His hands reaching out to others. And you know what that does? That prepares you to reign with Jesus. When Jesus returns and the new order is established and there's a new heaven and a new earth, you're going to be serving You're going to be serving in that kingdom of God. Why not do it now? Why not get accustomed to coming along beside Jesus now and serving in some capacity, learning how to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and and actually being able to do the things that, that God would want us to be doing as His people. 
And I realize that I'm talking to all of you today, and some of you, you have limitations, and you have certain things that, that don't allow you to do all the things that you would want to do. I understand that, but I think together we can figure out ways that we can all corporately serve this neighborhood and this community, as well as individually we can serve other people. And I believe this, I, I, I really see this in, in uh, John chapter 13. Uh, let's look at, can you guys pull me up uh, John chapter 13, uh, beginning at verse 3, and let's just look at that on the screen for a minute. Um, I believe that, uh, J- Jesus says here, he says, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and was going back to God, verse 4, He rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then you know what he did? He poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Do you know that this is the posture and the action of a lowly servant? Not a high servant, a low servant. Do you know what Jesus did? He went to the bottom. He he didn't just take the one down position. He took the one way down position. All right? To wash these disciples' feet. To show them this act. But here's the thing. That what I just read to you says he knew where he came from. Now there's some of us, if we knew where we came from, and we came from where Jesus came from, we would probably get high and mighty. And think we were better than washing feet because of where we've come from. You know what I'm talking about here. That's called pride, and it's ugly, and it's nasty, and it's evil. But not only this, not only did he know where he came from, he knew he was going back. He could have washed his hands of all of this and said, you know what, I don't need this. I don't need to do this. I'm I'm going back to the Father. The intent of Jesus is that you and I be like him. That we follow in his manner. That we we have his heart, if you will. And I believe that serving in obedience and love builds humility in us. And we need this this kind of humility at work in our lives. And it it breaks the hold of self-righteousness. Folks, you and I are sons and daughters of God. I want you to understand your identity. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You have been called into fellowship with the Father. The price paid for you is above any other price on the face of this earth. Your value is greater than any other object on the face of this earth. You are special. You are amazing. You are wonderfully formed. God knew you from the foundations of the world. He's done everything to draw you into Him. You are marvelous creatures for God. But you are servants. And God does not call you and I to be self-righteous and high and mighty and stand above others and lord over them or look down upon them. But he calls us to get down there with them and serve them. And in essence, wash their dirty feet. That's where we belong. That's our place. And I'm going to tell you something. At the cross, it's all equal. That's what makes the cross so wonderful is at the foot of the cross, it's an equal place for all people. No one's higher or better than anyone else at the cross. 
And that's where we go and that's where we start. All right? Don't let the enemy then lift you up and put you at a place where you are self-righteous and high and mighty and above everybody else. But stay right there where it's low and where the plane is equal and where you and I can serve and we can be like Jesus. So the last question that I want to ask you today is, okay, so if the scriptures say that we are to be servants, and we can define this spiritual discipline of serving based on the life of Christ, and we see how we can do this from the scriptures, how, how do we, in really tangible ways, how do we incorporate this act of serving, this service, as a discipline into our lives? How are you going to do that? You know, how do you and I, in very practical terms, become servants and, and do the work of the kingdom? As Christians, there's a, I think there's a really good starting place for you and I, and that is living out of the fruit of the Spirit, if you will. If we are choosing, even when we don't want to be, to be kind, to be merciful, to be courteous, uh, when we can do some kind of deliberate act of service to those around us to, to help them in some way, wherever we are, whatever we do, I think that's a very wonderful springboard. That's a very great starting place, if you will. I, I, have, to, I have to work hard at this sometimes. Especially when people who are driving cars cut in on me. I really don't want to be kind. And if I'm in the car by myself, I don't have to be because no one will ever find out. <laughs> Until the voice that's in the invisible seat next to me says, Bill, I love them. I love them. And I have to recalibrate my heart and say, Lord, thank you, because I really need to allow that person to come into this place in front of me and drive their nice fancy car in front of mine. I need to do that. I need to love them. I need to care about them. Matter of fact, maybe I need to just pray a prayer of blessing and ask you, God, to bless them in Jesus' name today. Bless them. They're in a hurry. They're trying to get somewhere. I want them to be safe. I want them to be careful. God, just get them to where they need to go and bless them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Do you see what I'm saying? When we... When we recalibrate our heart based on the, the, the impulse of the Holy Spirit at work in us, it will change us. We will be more like Jesus and less like other people in the world. And so these are, these are very practical ways that we can come into this thing, all right, so that we are deliberate in preferring someone else. How many times have you raced to the checkout counter knowing somebody else was coming that way? And you wanted to get in there because their cart was more full than yours. How many times have you gone to the Texas Roadhouse and you saw a big van load of people and they were getting out of the van and you were like, quick, let's go. We want to get our number in first. Because we think about ourselves so many times we are first and we deserve it we think and yet Jesus died for all and his 
heart and his intent is that none would perish, but all would have eternal life. And so his intent is that we value people the way he values people. So these acts of kindness, that's certainly one way to demonstrate this service or this giving. Another way would be to help those who can't help themselves and do it with great dignity. All right? Just do it with great dignity. I remember one year, my wife and I, for Christmas, we only had one child at the time, and he was quite young, and we allowed some people to take him over uh, some of the Christmas break, and she and I went to Minneapolis, and we stayed uh, there uh, by the, the gospel mission, and we worked, we, we served in the gospel mission every day, so we, I don't know what all, we, we did a lot of stuff, but one of the things we did was, was to cook and serve food every day for, for the people coming in to the mission, um, and um, while we were there, I think it was sort of like the la- maybe the last day or close to the end of it. And, and we had gotten to know some of the people who were staying there uh, longer term. We'd gotten to know them because we were there for, for a, a period of time. Um, and and wh- I remember one of the guys saying, I don't remember if he said it to, to you or, or, or there were three of us that went. Another lady went with us. But, but he said uh, they were all serving food. And he's standing there, great guy, just a great guy. Uh, and, and he was very helpful. And uh, he was serving all these other homeless people who were coming in, and he was staying at the mission. And uh, he said, yep. He said, y'all all going to be leaving us, so you'll go back to your fancy golf courses and your fancy country clubs and all that kind of stuff. I said, actually, we, we're not members of a country club. Uh, we, we don't, I don't even golf. And uh, sorry, guys. Um, sorry, PJ. Um, I said, we, we're, we're just common people. Oh, yeah, what kind of car do you drive? And I told him that I just drove an average Joe car, you know. I'm, I'm a Toyota, Ford, and Chevy kind of person, you know. I don't even have a Dodge, uh, you know. And he's looking at me, and he's like, he's like, really? And he, got, he had to think about that. And he came back a little later, and he goes, he goes, you know, you're all right. You're all right. And I took that as quite a compliment, because I was determined in my time there to fight the feelings that I was better or superior in some way because I had accomplished something or because I had a job or I had an income or I had a family or I had a car or I, I, whatever, or I had a, a, a college degree, you know. I mean, there are a lot of things that, that wanted to tell me that I'm better, that wanted to say, look, you know, look, look, look at all this and you're better than this. And, and so I had to battle that in my mind and in my heart constantly that I would not do that. And the intent was, I do not want to rob the dignity of a single person who enters this place the entire time that I am here. That was one of the goals I, I, I wrote and set, I set for myself when I first got there, you know. Well, the main goal was, I don't want to be grumpy about the fact of my living conditions here. But then I don't want to rob anyone of their dignity, and so every night I would crawl back into my sleeping bag on this mattress um, and uh, I, I, I would lay there 
And I would pray, God, I, I pray that I don't get bugs. And I pray that I don't catch a disease. And I pray that above all else, I am humble and I am like Jesus and I can love these people. And you know what? That was not easy to do because I was a person of comfort. And, and I struggled with some of those kinds of things. I'm being honest with you. You and I, we have got to be able to be like Jesus and to empty ourselves out. It doesn't matter what I've accomplished. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what my abilities are. God still loves everyone and he wants that everyone can be saved. And so he sent Jesus for that purpose and he's called me to be like Jesus. And so like Jesus, I have to empty myself out. All right. So I need to help people who can't help themselves. And I need to not judge them. And I need to not put stipulations on them. And I need not to put uh, criteria on the gift that I am giving. If, see, if you give the gift to serve someone else and you serve them, but you say, okay, because I served you, you have to do this and you have to do this and you, you need to be here and you need to be there, then it's not a gift. It's a trade. And Jesus didn't say, I came to be a trader. I didn't come to barter with you. I came to give you eternal life. And you know what? I'm giving it to you freely. You don't have to do a thing for it. Everything you were supposed to do, I've already done for you. I died for you. I took away your sin so that it's not held against you. That's how, that's how Jesus serves us. So you learn how to meet needs in another person who has absolutely no means to return the favor. This isn't you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about letting it go. I need to help this person just because they're in need and I know they will never be able to return this favor to me. All right? And this may sometimes mean uh, you and I choosing to perform some act that by its very nature is humbling. Everybody in the room ought to clean toilets once in your life. <laughs> we just ought to do it. We ought to volunteer to do it. All right? You, you can do it. You can do it. There are gloves. They, they make gloves to fit every hand in this room. All right? We can do this. What, what can you do that will help you to walk in humility so that you are conforming to the image of Christ. But there are other things, things, and, and some of you, I know you're not called into certain things in certain ways, you know, visiting people in the hospital, the ill, the infirmed, uh, calling on retirement homes, um, you know, going, going on a missions team is in some ways kind of romantic and kind of uh, wonderful because it's like I'm going to another country and we want to take you to places and expose you to culture and, and, and all of that kind of stuff and get you to help in, in those areas. Those are important things to do, to share the gospel cross-culturally. But can we be mission teams who, who just right here in Sioux Falls go and clean somebody's house? Guys, can we go and just take care of somebody's car and get it running and working good? You know, what, what, can, what can we do to serve? How can we serve our neighborhood? How can we be like Jesus right here and glorify his name? Richard Foster is one of the, the writers that I'm using as I 
put some of these materials together to bring to you every week. And um, I've encouraged you to get his book and read, read his book. He's just one of several. Um, he is a wonderful writer in this area of disciplines. Um, and um, he, uh, he lists some acts of service that are different than some other people's. And I, I just, I like where he starts from. And this is what, what Foster's lists consist of uh, initially. He says, the first thing that you can do as a service to others is guarding the reputation of others by refuting or refusing slanderous talk about them. In other words, I'm going to say what's good about you. And the rest, I'm going to keep my mouth shut about. Isn't that amazing? That's a way to serve someone, is guard their reputation. Take care of how people think about them. And how many times do, are we prone to gossip and, and prone to, to be slanderous about someone, even in the body of Christ? Okay. The second thing he says is extending common courtesy and kindness. In other words, you open the door for someone. You help someone carry their package. Uh, you, you do whatever needs to be done to just, just serve someone else. And you do that out of who you are in Christ. There's a story told of a, a wealthy southern businessman, and uh, this was, was um, a number of years ago, and um, he walked into a building, and uh, there was a lady walking behind him, and um, she was pretty much uh, sort of a, uh, wanting to chart her own course, and, uh, and he uh, opened the door for her, and she swore at him, and uh, he said, she just swore at me, and he says, I was just trying to be a gentleman, you know, she swore at me, and she said, I don't need you to open the door for me, and the guy walking behind her snickered, and he turned to her, and he said, I'm sorry, she goes, well, I just don't need you to open the door for me just because I'm a woman, and he said, I didn't open the door for you because you're a woman. I open the door for you because I'm a gentleman. That's who I am. And I'm a gentleman because of the Christ in me. I wasn't always a gentleman, but I became a gentleman because of Christ and what he's done in my heart. So that's why I'm opening the door. I don't mean to offend you in any way. And this lovely lady just melted. And, and they became like friends. They, they had a relationship. And the guy behind them as well. And it was an amazing thing. You know, let's do what we do because of Christ. Let's not worry about the agendas and the situations and the circumstances surrounding us. Let's not worry about the world and its value system. Let's not get caught up in all this stuff. Let's understand who we are, who we are in Christ. And let's let this particular discipline come alive and flourish in Life Church and in our own hearts, all right? Let's be a people who are serving. Let me finish up in Philippians. In chapter 2, beginning at verse 3, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Don't do, it, don't do it because you're high and mighty, and don't do it because you've got some ulterior motive, all right? But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Get a new value system, recalibrate, and put yourself under others, all right? Let each of you look not only to his own interest, 
but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to grasp. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is how he served. He gave everything. And I'm challenging you and I today that we be a people who serve. That this become a constant spiritual discipline in our lives. That we create habits that allow us to serve not only in the body, but outside the body as well. So with that, let's ask the questions today. These probing questions that we need to ask ourselves. So take your little sheet and start to write down the things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. But what are the hindrances in your life that are keeping you from serving? Maybe this is where we just really have to say, I need to look at my own heart. I, 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 need, I need to deal with the issue of pride. I need to deal with the fact that I'm high-minded about myself. So I need, I, need to, I need to work through that. It may be that I've not been willing to put myself in places to serve. I've, I've, I've built my little safe world around me. And I want to keep it safe. I want to keep it sterile. I, want to, I just want to live in my little world. And I don't want to step out and, and trust that God will help me as I try to get in the messy part of other people's lives. Second question. In what area of your life would serving be helpful? And maybe it's helpful in the sense that it, it breaks down walls for you. And it brings you to a new level of humility. Or it may be helpful in that there are actually people in the body right here or in the neighborhood right here who need you. And you might just be God's answer for that person. Where have I not followed the call of Christ to serve? Is there something that God has asked of you in the past and you didn't do it? Is it still available? Can it be redeemed? When I first got exposed to Youth with a Mission years ago, one of the things that they shared with us in teaching was if you feel like that you've drawn away from God rather than near to God, is go back and do a little introspection and look at your life. And where's the last place that God spoke to you where you really knew you heard God? And is there something unfinished there that needs to be done? So is there a place in your life where God spoke to you at a given time and said, this is what I want you to do? Can you go back and pick that up? Can you start there and be obedient to that that God has given you? And then have you used this discipline in a wrong way? Do you just serve to be served? Do you just serve if there's a reciprocity to it, getting something out of it? Do you just serve so others will see you 
and pat you on the back and praise you for it? How have you wrongly used it? Third, what needs to change in our lifestyle in order to incorporate serving in our lives? Listening? Seeing? Maybe it's rearranging our, our, our lifestyle, our budget or whatever, so we have some resources to be able to help other people. Maybe it's changing our time schedule around a little bit so that we've got a little bit of time and we can make time for someone else in our lives and to serve them and bless them. And the last thing is, what is the Holy Spirit already speaking to you about serving? What's he saying to you right now that you need to just jump on? This is the place you need to be. So it comes back to the reality that we are a people who are to serve. We're called to this. Each of us has received a gift. So use it to serve one another. Amen? Amen. Even though I kind of got the timing off from Melissa today, she did a great job of... uh, bringing the gospel to you. And uh, that gospel that Melissa shared with you today is why Jesus came. It is him coming. And so that is the first place. That's the start right there is the gospel. And if you need to pray that prayer, the prayer team is going to come up right now. And as they do, I invite you to come. And you can be prayed for. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come over on this side today and stand over here, please. And um, if you would like prayer, we would love to be able to pray with you and minister to you. If you'd like a more private place, we have opportunity for that as well. Otherwise, some of our people are going to start moving chairs over and bringing tables out. And we're going to have a lunch together. All right. Let me pray for you. Change our heart, O God, just as David prayed, we pray. See if there's any wrong way in us and rectify that today by the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of your word. Change us, make us more like your son, Jesus. Help us that we can be a people who will serve, who will give of ourselves and our time, our energies, our resources, our talents and abilities in such ways as to not only glorify you, but they would benefit the lives of other people. We pray that ultimately, Lord, we are about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we just want to ask you to help us, God. Help us to get on this track of serving. Help us to be a people who are truly disciplined to serve one another and to serve the lost of this city. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in us. Help us that we may draw near to you through the privilege and the opportunity of serving one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.